are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois 91.9 UIS. Welcome back to Community Voices on NPR Illinois 91.9 UIS. I'm Randy Eccles. We have another community member who's joined us today to tell us about something important they've been working on that could add even more neighbors to the community. Welcome to Jody Perko. Jody, hi, and thanks for joining us on Community Voices. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. You've been in town for how long? I was born and raised in a farm outside of Springfield, grew up in this area. I lived away for a while. I lived in Ireland for a while. I was in the Peace Corps in Guatemala for a while. I came home, lived in St. Louis and Champaign, and finally decided I'm ready to come home. It's been, oh, 30 years ago that I came home, settled here. Here I am. You mentioned Guatemala, mm-hmm. and that was, was that a Peace Corps assignment? I was in Peace Corps. Mm-hmm. How'd you get involved with the Corps? I saw a commercial on TV when I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. It showed, I was assuming we were in Africa, there was an African man with an oxen and a single blade plow trying to go through this dirt, and there was this white young man with him. They were saying, Peace Corps, the toughest job you'll ever love. I just thought, yes, I want to do that. I never forgot that my whole life. I got my college degree and I honestly said, I don't even care what my degree's in. I just want to go to the Peace Corps. I've always had a huge imagination. I've always wanted to travel and get to know other people around the world. When you grow up on a dead-end farm in central Illinois, and that's your whole life. I went to Tri-City High School, 52 kids in my graduating class. My world just felt very small and very comforting. I wanted more. I knew there was more out there. What a great experience. Did you end up having to plow the field with some oxen? No, no. I was in Central America, obviously. I was in Guatemala. I was trained to be what here is called 4-H. 4-H is actually an international program. It exists in China and Africa, everywhere. Down in Guatemala, it's called 4-S, 4-S-A, because the H's translate into S's. But I started 4-H clubs in four different villages, one where I lived and then the other three I had to walk to once a week. Started 4-H clubs for girls teaching things like hygiene and nutrition. They basically lived on rice, beans, and tortillas three meals a day, seven days a week. Maybe on Sunday they could get an egg or a piece of chicken. We tried vegetable gardening to introduce more foods, that kind of thing. You did that even further. You mentioned Ireland, too. Yes. I, did you live there? Or? I did. Uh, I was there for a little over four months. I had a work permit. I was able to get a job. I hit the ground in Dublin, immediately went to Cork, tried to get a job there. Everybody kept saying, oh, we've hired for the summer, we've hired for the summer. But several people had said, you might try Kinsale. It's a small town outside of Cork. Their season starts a little later than ours. So I went to this little town. I thought, well, why not? And sure enough, I got a job waiting tables. That's like the port just south of Cork, right? Exactly. Yeah. Beautiful town right on the seaside. I ended up renting a flat above a pound shop. There was another American in there. And then everybody else were Irish young people my age at that point. We were all in our young mid-20s. We all worked at the same place, but they were from other towns. So they came to uh, Kinsale to work at this 
hotel restaurant. It was amazing. I'm still friends with a couple of the, the gals that I was rooming with. Did you make it to the Blarney Castle and kiss the stone? I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Just just north there in Cork. But yep. as you come back to this area now, you said for 30 some years, mm-hmm. how does that experience inform you? I remember we had a little bit of a bomb scare. I was working downtown and and just walking around on my lunch hour, and some reporter came up to me and said, how does this make you feel? And I said, what we had was so minimal. There are people that live with this around the world every single day. We don't know how lucky we are. She looked surprised. She said, that's your response? And I said, yeah, that's my response. We don't know how fortunate we are to live in the United States. We take it for granted. We always think we need more or better. It's ridiculous. If everybody would spend a little bit of time getting to know other people, how they live, the way that they live, and they're happy, you can be content with a lot less and people all around the world are. You're trying to help out some people who are having a pretty rough time right now. Tell us more. A lot of us. Our hearts have been breaking for the people of Ukraine. It's been on the news now for a year. It's still going on. I think we've all donated money. I want to do something solid. I want to do something real. I send money off. I don't know where it goes or what it does. A few weeks ago, President Biden announced this new program that's going to hopefully get Ukrainian refugees here a little more quickly than traditionally what has been happening. Adjacent European countries have been handling most of the refugees at this point. Exactly. My daughter actually then saw an interview about this because she and I had talked about it and I said, oh wow, I would totally be a sponsor for some Ukrainian refugees. She had seen somebody interviewed about it and she sent me this email, mom, welcome.us. I went to that and immediately started filling out the application, learned more about it, of course and boom, I'm a sponsor. What does that mean? You're funding it? Does it mean you're going to host them? Welcome.us is a website. It is supported by the Department of State. It is a program, actually, that is available to help more than just Ukrainians. Right now, I think they're really focused on Ukrainians, but Haitians and there's a few other countries that are in this. When you become a sponsor, what that means is that you are going to prepare a place for this family to live. In some cases, I guess they can stay with the hosts. And if worse comes to worse and we can't find an apartment, they certainly can stay with myself or another member of the group. We plan on finding a two-bedroom apartment for them. It's uh, mom, dad, and their little four-year-old. Here in the area? Here in Springfield. Mm -hmm. We furnish the apartment, including... Not just furniture, but dishes and pots and pans and wastebaskets, everything that you need for an apartment. Then we will welcome them, obviously, when they arrive. Then once they're here, of course, there's going to be a lot of paperwork. But part of what this program does, it automatically qualifies them for a Social Security number. They're going to get Medicaid, probably some cash assistance, at least for a a little while, and a green card so they can work. As soon as we get them here, we will get the parents involved in English classes, which they're already studying English where they are. They are eager to work. The family that we have connected with 
were, I would say, a, a definitely a middle-class, comfortably middle-class family. This isn't just like one of us deciding to go live overseas. They no. probably, if they haven't lost their home, they're at risk of losing their home oh, and everything well, else. Let me, let me tell you their story a little bit. On this website, welcome.us, after I completed the application and uh, all the training, then my biographical information became available to Ukrainians. Then they were able to scan, you know, all of the people that have applied to become sponsors and then pick whichever ones they want and say, hey, will you sponsor me? And they have filled out some of their biographical information. They usually have a picture. This family is one of the first ones that contacted me, and we began communicating back and forth. What I learned from them, and now they are the Agaiv family. That's her name. And okay. I can only assume that that's how they say their last name. Right. We've only texted at this point. The mother is Tunzala, the father is Arzu, and their little four-year-old boy is Hassan. They were living in eastern Ukraine, which is where the invasion started. She was a nurse who then went on to, she went back to school to become a pharmacist. So she was working as a pharmacist. Her husband owned and operated two businesses that were successful. Their little boy was, you know, a thriving three-year-old. They had a lovely apartment there, eastern part of the country. And when the invasion happened, they were immediately in the line of fire. They just fled with their car, I'm sure, and clothes on their back, and they went to Kiev. And they were okay there for a few weeks. And then the invasion happened in Kiev. At that point, Arzu went to, with all the other men, they were calling men, come, join our army, defend our country. And he went. He wanted to help. He is actually a citizen of Azerbaijan, and so they would not allow him mm. to be in their army. And they also wouldn't allow him to have a gun to protect his family. And he said, I can't, I can't stay here if I can't protect my family. He knows what the Russians were doing, kicking in doors and killing people. And he said, we have to leave. So they left. They fled. They were first placed in a refugee camp with, you know, tents and everything. They were just there for a short time. Then they were moved temporarily again to a, a home for disabled people. And then finally, they got them to this refugee settlement in Germany. They're in Hamburg, Germany. Okay. So they weren't disabled, but that's where they ended up. They just landed there for a little while. Mm -hmm. Right. They're in a building. It looks like maybe a school building or a business. I've seen pictures of the, the room. They have one small room, maybe... I don't think it's as big as the studio we're in here. Like a cinder block room, almost a dorm room. It, it is. It has big windows on one side and then just bare walls mm -hmm. and a door. This family, who had a lovely apartment and cars and, and, and a nice life, they are living in a bare block room with a bed in two corners and a small wooden table and two wooden chairs. I think that's really hard for us to imagine in our lives of you know just having to leave your home or not have somewhere to go and suddenly be on the on the road. Yes. Yeah. And they have no money. They've lost their home. They've lost their car. Uh, they've lost their livelihood. They've lost everything. They have found out when they were in Kiev. I think they found out that the apartment building where they lived is no more. 
Part of being a sponsor means raising money to pay for this. Um, How's that been going? We have started off well, but there's a lot to a, a lot more that we need. We do have a GoFundMe, and all of this money is going to be used to support the family. We have to purchase plane tickets to get them here, and boy, that is expensive right now. I've I've looked at plane fare. Then we are expected to pay for their first probably at least three months rent utilities, that kind of thing, while they will be signed up for some services that are available to everybody, that doesn't usually take care of everything. We hope to have found an apartment and have it furnished and settled so that when we pick them up from the airport, we can take them to their new home. If somebody's interested in helping, the GoFundMe is basically gofund.me, GoFundMe, GoFund.me, and then there's a slash 05BC62C4. Thank you. Right. They can also just go on to GoFundMe and and just do a search for the Agaiv family. And that's A-G-A-I-E-V. Yes. Is how they spell it. Again, Mm -hmm. uh, GoFund.me slash 05BC62C4. Or if you search for the family's name at GoFundMe, it's spelled A-G-A-I-E-V. That's the GoFundMe part. And you said that there are probably other families then on this site. Oh, definitely. I, within an hour or two of my profile being available, I had a dozen people, a dozen different people saying, hey, sponsor me, sponsor me. If somebody else is interested in, in, in trying to help sponsor or set mm-hmm. something up like mm-hmm. this, they would go, what was that website again? It's welcome.us. Welcome.us. If you okay. just put that into your browser, there's all kinds of information that you can get about the program. Ultimately, the sponsor is should not have to be able to put out enormous amounts of their own money, obviously a little bit here and there. But no, the fundraising is to pay for the care of this family until they can get on their feet and get jobs. Right, right. We'll put links to that at nprillinois.org in case you couldn't write that down as quickly as we talked about it. You can find that there. Uh, Jody Perko, so happy to have you join us to talk about this. As you talked about your past and things You've done this type of thing, helping out people all your career. Well, I've been a social worker. Right. Recently retired, but yes. Yeah. And then you have a family. You've got a couple daughters. I have two girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're grown now, of course. We really appreciate you joining us on Community Voices. Anything else you'd like to add? I really appreciate this time to come and talk about this and to encourage other people to consider sponsoring. It is the most fulfilling thing that you can do. Well, we hope you'll bring the family by uh, for a Community Voices segment after they get here. We'd love to meet them and talk to them. Again, you go to nvrillinois.org, and you can find the information about what's going on. Jody Perko, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Randy. Get to know your neighbors with Community Voices. Suggest a guest. Email communityvoices at nprillinois.org, and we'll explore interviewing them. Stay in touch with Community Voices and other news by subscribing to NPR Illinois Daily at nprillinois.org, a daily email newsletter that helps make sure you are in the know. Community Voices is events you might have missed and conversations with neighbors, artists, and area business people.
are listening to Community Voices on NPR Illinois 91.9 UIS.